Shalom, my dear friends. We are studying together uh, from the Word of God, the eight covenants of God. To remind you that God made eight covenants, uh, and all of these eight fa- uh, covenants are found in the Word of God. Three of these covenants that He have made, He have made them with the whole human race, using the two federal heads, we might say, Adam in the Garden of Eden and Noah after the flood. He also made additional five covenants with the people of Israel, with Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, and the descendants of uh, Israel. Very interesting, these eight covenants, and they teach us many, many lessons. The passage that I would like to share with you today, and the name of the covenant that I would like to share with you today, is the covenant that is called the Land of Canaan Covenant. In Hebrew, it is called Brit Eretz Knan. This is very important a covenant which God had made with his people of Israel, and that is in relationship to the promised land of Canaan. To remind you that this is a covenant number six, we have the Edenic covenant, the Adamic covenant, the Noahic covenant, and then we have already also covered the Abrahamic covenant and the Mount Sinai, or the Mosaic Covenant. This covenant is called the Land of Canaan Covenant. Brit Eretz Knan. It is found in the book of Deuteronomy, in chapter 29 and chapter 30. I would like to read a few verses from uh, chapter uh, 29 for you. And a few verses to continue on so we will understand a little bit about this sixth covenant that God made now uh, in his uh, doing the history of the people of Israel. We read in um, Deuteronomy chapter 29 and verse 1, it says, These are the words of the covenant which the Lord commanded Moses to make with the children of Israel in the land of Moab beside the covenant which he made with them in Horev. And Moses called unto all Israel and said unto them. Then I'm reading from verse 9. Moses continue to say to the children of Israel, Keep therefore the words of this covenant, and do them that ye may prosper in all that ye do. Ye stand this day, all of you before the Lord your God, your captains of your tribes, your elders, and your officers, with all the men of Israel, your little ones, your wives, your strangers that is in thy camp, from the hewer of the wood and the drawer of the water." You should enter into covenant, Brit in Hebrew, with the Lord thy God, 
and into his oath, which the Lord thy God maketh with thee this day. Moshe is telling to the people of Israel that he may establish thee today for a people unto himself, and that he may be unto thee a God, as he said unto thee, and as he hath sworn unto thy fathers, to Abraham, to Yitzchak, and to Yaakov. Neither with you only do I make this covenant and this oath, but with him that standeth here, with us this day before the Lord our God, and also with him that is not here with us today. And here we are, my dear friend, we are reading this passage, very interesting passage found in Deuteronomy chapter 29. We'll look into chapter 30 as well in a moment, but it is very, very important for us to understand that here is another unconditional covenant that God made with the children of Israel. It is also very important that we understand that this land of Canaan covenant must be distinguished from the covenant that God had made with the people of Israel, thereby Har Sinai, Mount Sinai. The Mount Sinai, or the Mosaic covenant, was a conditional covenant. God gave condition to the people of Israel, and he said, if you violate it, you will be punished, you will be judged. But when it comes to this covenant, that is the a covenant uh, that is called the land covenant, it is an unconditional covenant. In fact, it is an extension to the covenant that God made already, the unconditional covenant that God made with our father Abraham. To remind you, that in Genesis chapter 12, when God made that covenant with Avram, he connected the unconditional covenant that he made with Avram with the land, the land of Canaan. It says in uh, uh, Genesis chapter 12 and verse 1, Now the Lord had said unto Avram, Get thee out of thy country and from thy kindred, and from thy father's house unto a land. Notice that? A land. A land that I will show thee. This is a Genesis a chapter a 12 and verse 1. Later on in Genesis chapter 17, God continued to say to Abraham, in connection with the land that he will give him, in chapter 17 and verse 8, it says, And I will give unto thee and to thy seed after thee the land, Haaretz in Hebrew, wherein thou art a stranger. All the land of Canaan. Here is the specific name of the land, the land of Canaan. And I will give it to you, verse 8 of Genesis chapter 17, for an everlasting possession and I will be their God. Now notice that word everlasting possession, in Hebrew it, call, it is called achuzat olam, everlasting possession, means that they will be having the title deed to this earth forever. This, this is why it is an unconditional covenant that God made 
with his people, the people of uh, Israel. Now remember in uh, Genesis chapter 12, chapter uh, 17 that we read, it is, of course, already was predetermined by God when he was speaking to our father, to Abraham, the, the father of the Hebrews, and he already said this to him long before his descendants even entered to possess the land. But he anticipated the time that the people of Israel will come as a nation now, all the 12 tribes, all descendants of Yaakov, whose name was changed to Israel, Abraham, Yitzchak, Yaakov, whose name changed from Yaakov to Israel, and all the 12 tribes now, as we are reading in Deuteronomy chapter 29 and 30, they are anticipating to enter into that land of promise, the land of Canaan. Now we learn very interestingly here that this is the sixth covenant that God made with all humanity. Three of them, as I reminded uh, you earlier, the Edenic covenant and the Adamic covenant God made with all the human race. And Adam was the federal head with whom he made that covenant. Then he made the a third covenant with Noah, the Noahic covenant, and Noah became the federal head of the human race after God judged this world with the flood, and Noah came on the other side of the flood with his family, and God made a covenant with Noah, unconditional covenant. So these are the first three. Then we have looked at the Abrahamic covenant already. And we also look at the Mount Sinai, the Mosaic covenant. And now this is the sixth covenant that God made. This time, as the Abrahamic and as the Mount Sinai, the Mosaic, this land of Canaan covenant is also with the people of Israel. And so we read uh, my dear uh, friends, that uh, this is the covenant that God is making now with the children of Israel. Notice that this land covenant, according to verse 1, is distinguished from the Mount Sinai covenant. We read in verse 1, and the first part of verse 2, these are the words of the covenant which the Lord commanded Moshe, to make with the children of Israel, notice that, in the land of Moab, beside the covenant which he made with them in Chorev. Chorev was where Mount Sinai was. Forty years earlier, Moshe went to Mount Sinai, received the Mount Sinai, the Torah, the covenant that God made with the children of Israel, came down, gave the the Torah to Israel. Now, 40 years have passed by. The children of Israel are no longer in Chorev, but they are in Moab. Moab is just on the other side of the Jordan River. And as they were anticipating to enter into the land, God made a land covenant with the Hebrews, with the people of Israel. And so we can see that it is beside the covenant which he made with them in Chorev. And Moses called unto him all Israel, and he said unto them, Now notice what Moshe is telling 
the people of Israel. Let me just remind you that according to Genesis chapter 17 and verse 8, it will be and it is an everlasting covenant which God had promised the land of Canaan to be given to the people of Israel. So the title deed is theirs by divine design. But the enjoyment of the possession of the land will only be when Israel is in a right, suitable, spiritual condition. Disobedience will bring about the judgment of God, and disobedience will bring about the scattering of the nation of Israel. But the fact still remains that the land was given to Abraham and his descendants as an everlasting possession. Now notice what we read here in verses 9 uh, to verse 15. In verse 9, Moshe said, Keep therefore the words of this covenant. Notice, this is the land covenant. Keep the word of this covenant. Do them that ye may prosper in all that you do. Obedience, faithfulness to God, will bring the children of Israel the enjoyment of the land which is theirs. Continue in verse 10. Ye stand this day with all all of you, with all your family, the captains the, the, of the tribes, the elders, your little one, your wives, your stranger. You're all standing here before the Lord. And notice once again, you are getting ready to enter. You should enter into the land and enter into this covenant that God made with you and into the oath which the Lord thy God maketh with thee this day. Again, my dear friend, to remind you that this day has to do with 40 years later, after God have already made the, the covenant that is on Mount Sinai that was conditional covenant. God now, 40 years after, as Israel is anticipating to enter into the promised land, is preparing them as they are anticipating to take possession of the land. Notice now, as we read here in the next verse, verse 13, 14, and 15, that ye may establish a, a thee today for a people unto himself, and that he may be unto thee a God. As he said, unto thee, and as he hath sworn unto thy fathers, unto Abraham, unto Isaac, and unto Jacob. Neither with you only do I make this covenant and this oath, God is saying to Israel, but with him that standeth here with us this day before the Lord our God, and also with him that is not here with us this day. So what we do see here that there are three generations. You might say the past generation, the present generation, and the future generation with whom God made a covenant. The past generation, this is the past generation of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, and all the descendants of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob with whom he made the covenant before they've arrived to the shores of the Jordan River. Then there was a the generation that was right there when Moshe gave them these instructions of the covenant of the land. But not only with those that were there, 
According to verse 15, God made the covenant with him that is not here with us this day. So the covenant uh, that was established by God with the children of Israel had a past, present, and future. And why it had to do with the past, present, and future, it is simply had to do with the fact that because God knew that Israel as a nation will not always be in a right spiritual state, and that because of disobedience, he knew that he will remove them out of the land. And that's why he had promised that he this covenant will also be continuing on with the future generation. And that's why, again, Genesis 17, verse 8, is a very important chapter and verse because there the Lord made that promise to Abraham that I will give unto thee and to thy seed after thee the land wherein thou art a stranger, all the land of Canaan, for an everlasting possession, and I will be their God. So, the enjoyment of possessing the land is when Israel will be obedient to the word of God. And this is very important to understand, especially for us who are believers in the Lord Jesus, the Messiah today, who are part of the assembly of the church of the ecclesia today. You see, the promise that all true believers who are part of the assembly of the church, of the ecclesia, the promise of being, of being part and belong to heaven is sure because God gave us our inheritance in heaven. But the enjoyment of heaven today depends upon obedience to his word. When a Christian or a believer in Yeshua, Jesus the Messiah, today disobeyed the Lord, he or she could never enjoy their possession. In the heavenlies, the enjoyment of that which belonged to us today, as Israel in days of old, including today, cannot enjoy the possession of the land, the enjoyment of the land that belonged to them when they are in a state of disobedience. That's why we learn from the next passages that after the Lord will scatter the people, the people of Israel, he promised to regather them and that ultimately they will enjoy the land and possess it and enjoy the relationship with which God desired to have with the people of Israel. In fact, in chapter 30 now of the book of Deuteronomy, after we have learned from verse 16 on that God promised that he will scatter the people of Israel when disobedience rises. In fact, let me read you uh, the verse in verses 27 and 28 of Deuteronomy chapter uh, 29. And the anger of the Lord was kindled against this land. Israel disobeyed God, God's righteous indignation against the people and against the land is rising. And to bring upon it all the curses that are written in this book. And the Lord 
rooted them out of their land. Can you imagine? He rooted the Hebrews out of their land in anger and in wrath and in great indignation, and he cast them into another land as it is this day. You see, God knows the end from the beginning. He knows exactly what he he's a, a, a planning to do, but he also knows how his own people will react and behave. And he sees it. That yes, I know that disobedience will come. And I know that it will be necessary for me to scatter my people, whom I love dearly, into all the nations of the world. But ultimately... I will restore them to their own land. Now notice what it says in, as part of the covenant, the land of Canaan covenant in chapter 30, verses 1 to 10. I'm just going to highlight a few verses here. In chapter 30, in verse 1, we read, And it shall come to pass when all these things are come upon thee. And uh, as he said, uh, And thou shalt call them to mine. Among all the nations whither the Lord thy God has de- driven thee, and you will return unto the Lord your God, and shall obey his voice according to all that I commanded thee this day, thou and thy children with all thine heart and with all thy soul. In other words, God is saying, when you are going to be, you are going to be scattered. And when you're going to remember what I told you, and when you will repent and turn to me, then he promised in verse 3, then the Lord thy God will turn thy captivity and have compassion upon thee and will return and gather thee from all the nation whither the Lord thy God has scattered thee. If any of thine be driven out into the utmost parts of the heaven, from thence the Lord is saying to Israel, from Thence will the Lord thy God gather thee, and from thence will he fetch thee. And listen to this, my dear friend, verse 5. And the Lord thy God will bring thee into the land which thy father possessed, and thou shalt possess it. And he will do thee good, and multiply thee above thy fathers. You see, God promised the land of Canaan to the descendants of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. But the the fact that they have the title deed, the ownership of the land, according to Genesis chapter 17, verse 8, and Deuteronomy chapter 29 and 30, owning their possession does not mean that they will enjoy the possession when they are not in a right spiritual state, in a right relationship with the Lord. That's why the scattering was necessary, but the gathering will be necessary as well, and it will surely come to fruition in the future day. It is interesting that some call this land uh, uh, and this covenant the uh, the Palestinian covenant, Brit Palestina. But the name Palestina is not mentioned in the scripture. This name was given to the land of Canaan by Adrian, the Roman emperor, in about uh, 132 to 136 AD. 
And why did he give this name? In order to minimize Jewish identification with the land of Canaan, with the land of Israel. It was a spiteful thing to do to the Jewish people because of the revolts that went, that the Jewish people revolted against the Romans. And so the Romans put this name, Palestina, uh, uh, Philistine, to the land, the land of uh, 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 Palestine. But the land never called Palestine in scripture. It is called the land of Israel, the land of Canaan. And that was a spiteful thing that the, the emperor Hadrian have uh, uh, given that in order to harm the people of Israel. Well, God judged his people. God scattered his people because of disobedience. But others have sought to uh, inflict them even more and did that which was contrary to the word of God. Now, let me just, as we conclude with this, as we move along to the prophets, it's very interesting that God, through the prophets, reminded his people of Israel, even at the time of discipline, that they will ultimately be returned unto the land. In uh, Jeremiah, God said to Israel through the prophet Yirmiyahu, he said, Behold, I will gather them out of all countries. God promised in Jeremiah chapter 32 and verse 37, I will gather them whither I have driven them in mine anger, and I am, and in my fury, and in my great wrath, and I will bring them again into this place, namely the place Canaan, Canaan, the land of Israel, and I will cause them to dwell safely. It says in verse 40, And I will make an everlasting covenant with them, that I will not turn away from them to do them good, but I will put my fear in their hearts, and we read, the day shall not depart from me. God is intending to restore Israel back to the land. In verse 41 of uh, Jeremiah 32, we read, Yea, I will rejoice over them to do them good, and I will plant them in this land, uh, um, of this uh, promised land of Canaan. That's what he said to the people of Israel through the prophet uh, Jeremiah. Notice what he said to, to Israel through Yechezkel. Also, uh, the prophet Yechezkel in uh, Ezekiel chapter 36 and verse uh, 21, we read, But I had pity for mine holy name, which the house of Israel had profaned. You see, when Israel profaned the name of the Lord, the Lord would scatter them. Because they have disobeyed him, our people, as a nation, when we violated God's word, he scattered our people. And then we read, but a bit later, and so beautiful, he said in verse 24, after he would scatter our forefathers, scatters the Hebrew, send them to all over the nations of the world, Ezekiel received the word of the Lord concerning the restoration of Israel. For I will take you from among the heathen, and I will gather you out of all the countries, and I will bring you, notice that, my dear friend, into your own land. Your own land. This is the land of Canaan. He said this through Yechezkel. 
your own land, not the land that used to be yours and it is no more yours. No. But it's very clear, my dear friend, I will gather you from all the countries and I will bring you into your own land. This is so precious to realize. My dear friend, if God makes covenant, do you think he will break it? If God made a promise, do you think he will fail to fulfill his promise? Imagine, if God promised the believers in the Lord Yeshua, Jesus the Messiah, to take them to the Father's house. And imagine if because our disobedience today as believers, as part of the church, the assembly, the ecclesia, when we fail God, do you think he is going to change his mind concerning the promises that he had made to us? You remember what Yeshua said? Let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house there are many mentioned. If it were not, if it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare, prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto myself that where I am, there ye may be also. Can you imagine if the Lord Yeshua, the Messiah, will change his mind because of your and mine disobedience? Or the churches at large, the church, the assembly, the ecclesia, disobedience? Can you imagine throughout this last 2,000 years of church history and the failure of the professing church during the last 2,000 years? Do you think the Lord will change his mind concerning the true, redeemed, forgiven people of God to take away from them the promises? It's not possible. It is not because of our faithfulness, but it is because of God's promise. Same thing with the nation of Israel. God is not intending to change his promises to the nation with whom he have entered into this covenant. Now, in conclusion, the Lord Jesus, the Messiah himself, before the church was born, when he was here on earth and he gave these various sermons, the Sermon of the Mount in Matthew chapter 5, 6, and 7. And here we have this sermon that is found in uh, Matthew chapter 24, in 25, this Olivet Discourse, sermon there on Mount of Olives, Har Hazaitin. Listen to what he said to the disciples concerning the time of his second coming. He said in Matthew chapter 24 and verse 27, concerning his return back to this earth at the end of the tribulation, he said to the disciples, the Jewish disciples, who were anticipating the reestablishment of the nation of Israel here in this earth and in the land of Israel. He said in Matthew chapter 24 and verse 27, For as the lightning cometh out of the east, and shineth even unto the west, so shall the coming of the Son of Man be. For wheresoever the carcass is, there will the eagles be gathered together. Verse 29, immediately after the tribulation of those days, he's speaking about the Jacob's trouble, the seven years tribulation, the church is in heaven, 
The nation of Israel and the rest of the nations of the world are here upon the face of this earth ex experiencing terrible, terrible time of Jacob's trouble. In Hebrew, it is called Sarat Yaakov. Immediately after the tribulation of those days shall the sun be darkened and the moon shall not give her light and the stars shall fall from heaven and the power of the heavens shall be shaken. And then shall appear the sign of the Son of Man, Ben HaAdam in heaven. This is the messianic title of Yeshua HaMashiach, Jesus the Messiah. Then shall all the tribes of the earth mourn, and they shall see the Son of Man, Ben HaAdam, the Messiah, coming in the clouds of heaven with power and great glory. Then look what the Son of Man, look what the Mashiach, Yeshua, Jesus, the Messiah will do. He shall send his angels, verse 31, with a great sound of the shofar, the trumpet. And they shall gather together his elect, his chosen one, from the four winds, from one end of heaven, even to the other. The regathering of the nation of Israel back to the land. This is exactly the fulfillment of um, Deuteronomy chapter 30, my dear friend, and the verse there in verse 4. Deuteronomy chapter 30 and verse 4, as we have seen it as part of the uh, land of Canaan covenant. We read these words. If any of thine be driven out unto the uttermost parts of the heaven, from thence will the Lord thy God gather thee, and from thence will he fetch thee, and the Lord thy God will bring thee into the land which thy fathers possessed, and thou shalt possess it. And he will do thee good, and multiply thee above thy fathers. This is Deuteronomy chapter 30 and verses 4 and 5. Well, in conclusion, my dear friend, I would love to read for you one more time what God said to Abraham in connection with the land of Canaan covenant. Brit Eretz Knaan. Verse 8 of Genesis chapter 17. And I will give unto thee and to thy seed after thee the land wherein thou art a stranger. All the land of Canaan, not some, but all the land of Canaan. For how long? For an everlasting possession. Le'achuzat olam in Hebrew for an everlasting possession, and I will be their God. My dear friend, this is important for us to understand it, not because of the fact that God's people are always faithful to him. No, neither the earthly people of Israel, nor the heavenly people, the church, the assembly. No, but the promise of the land was given because God is sovereign. And he made this covenant because of his 
will. Because of his desire, his sovereign, he does as he pleases for his glory and for man's blessing. And you see, into this land, the nations of the world will come to worship the Messiah who will reign and rule from Yerushalayim. And they will say, come, let us go up to the mountain of the Lord, to the house of the God of Jacob, and he will teach us of his ways. What a wonderful day that will be when Israel will be restored back to the land. What a wonderful day that will be. Well, may the Lord help us to understand the covenants of God. This is called the Land of Canaan Covenant. Brit Eretz Knaan. Unconditional covenant which God made with Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, and the nation of Israel. May God bless his word for us all. Until the next session, my dear friend, I will say to you, Shalom, Shalom. Thank you.